Welcome to the Dimensions book series by K. Arwen. An extraordinary tale of an inner journey and a battle of good against evil. In this podcast, the heroine Kaya tells her own story from book one, The Awakening. Our journey begins on the Scottish Isle of Skye. Parallel realities interconnect and interweave. Step in and enter Dimensions. I look at Elvain as the word sinks in. Yes. One simple word and yet it has such an, a massive effect on me. My mind's are spinning and images of dragons and crystals and a being from the sea, a prophecy. And it's as though my brain is trying to slam me back into my old paradigm and prevent me from expanding and embracing this new one. I have paused and breathed deeply, my thoughts racing. But rather than connecting to them, I I try and let them go like clouds racing across the sky. And I continue to breathe slowly until the racing stops and my mind clears, well, at least a bit. I don't remember, I say, but... I can feel what you're saying. Well, it feels like the truth. Elnat passes me a leather pouch and opening it, I see a shard of crystal that seems to glow with purple fire. I recognise it immediately. I've seen this before. At least one like it, I say. It looks the same as the crystal that the Matrix Lord has in his base. The one that they're using to spread the skinwalker spores. Elnat replies with a yes. It's one of the three shards of the dragon's heart. The crystal, when it's whole, has tremendous power. And even one of the shards on its own, well, is a great force. It's not surprising that the Matrix Lord seeks to utilise that energy. And he got it from the being in the airship, I reply. I saw He knew that the being had it. A shadow passes across Elvain's face. The Matrix Lord knows about the prophecy, Kaya. He knows that you are the one that threatens his plans. Before you awakened, you were relatively safe. The Matrix Lord couldn't trace you. But now, though... Do you mean that the Matrix Lord knew that ship was carrying the crystal? Because of me, I ask... Well, in a sense, Elvain replies, the crystal was being brought to you. Nothing's by chance. Unfortunately, the Matrix Lord won on two counts that day. 
He got the crystal shard and he also got a trace on you. I feel myself going pale as my heart sinks into my feet. I struggle to keep my voice strong. Well, I say, that works both ways, I guess. Since then, I've discovered an awful lot about him and what he's up to as well. Drew chuckles. You always were feisty, he says. You'll soon remember everything else, I'm sure, and the Matrix Lord will get a nasty reminder of what you're capable of. Reminder? Dewar looks at me, his eyes sparkling. Aye, lassie, you've come across him before. I nod as yet another whisper of a memory tries in vain to surface. Don't force your memories, Elnat advises. Let them flow, leave them be, and they will surface as and when they need to. I smile and nod. Well, I know where two of the crystal shards are, I suppose. All I need now is the third. Any ideas? Well, yes, Yvain says. The third is in the dimension of Atlantia, and only you can collect it from there. I feel my head reeling again as an intense energy pulls at my heart. Atlantia. I look at the group and I guess that I have to allow that realisation to come up naturally as well. Well, I think you'll agree it sets your head spinning. You have to allow what is within you to emerge and that can't be forced, Elnat says. But it might be of use for you to go and visit the old man of store before you leave. The old man of store? It, the, man, the man in the library, right? He replies with a nod and a smile. I leave the group and, taking the crystal with me, I go and find the wizened old man in the library. He's scouring the pages of a large leather, leather book as I enter, tracing down the text with a gnarled finger, muttering to himself as he does so. Where is it? Why can I never find what I'm looking for when I need it? He looks up and catches sight of me. I have read these books times over and I still can't remember where the relevant pages and chapters are when I need them, he says. Well, maybe you could write them down, I suggest. (laughs) The old man chuckles. Have you seen how many books there are here? He exclaims, gesturing around at all the books on the shelves. If I write references, they would be as great a volume as the books themselves and I should spend just as much time looking at them. I see what he means. I crane my neck to take in all the shelves of books. They go high up into the vaulted ceiling and it's impossible to see the top. And in addition, as I watch, the shelves move, the books emerge from seemingly one shelf all by themselves and float across the room and then disappear into another one, a bit like waves on a beach. The old man of store watches me. Have you forgotten, he asks gently. All the portals of source, all the dimensions merge at this one, the Akashic Library. The great records from all the dimensions coexist, past, present and possible future. It's a lot for me to remember. Don't you agree? He watches as I move towards a new set of books that have just appeared nearby me. 
one book, it, it's as though it's calling to me. I can almost hear the words whispering my name in my mind. There's one, an aqua blue book, covered in an unusual substance that seems to change. One minute it looks like the blue sky and the next like blue water of the ocean. I pick the book up and as I do, the cover changes. It becomes like the sky with white clouds floating across its surface. I let the book fall open and I read the first words on a page. Meg's diary. Meg? I feel dizzy and nauseous and overcome with grief. I can smell the sea and I can feel water all around me and I feel like I'm gasping for breath and I fall to the floor. The old man catches me by my arm and waits for my breathing to steady. What was that? I ask. Oh, it's your record. It's your Akashic record. You'll resonate with its recollections and emotions. The Akashic records only ever show that which you need to remember in order to serve you in the now. Whatever it was that you saw or felt, well, it can aid you in the fulfilment of your purpose and destiny. I look at the book that I let drop to the floor. Well, it makes sense. I, I'd know that I know I was Meg in the past and the Akashic record has just confirmed it. The different hues of blue on the cover are now shifting from the sea to look more like the sky and the old man picks it up and holding it back out towards me, he says, want to take another look? I nod and take the book. This time the cover appears to freeze on an image of the ocean. I can see the waves on the surface of the ocean And then it looks as though I'm diving in, the coloured cover becoming a deeper blue as I open it. I'm momentarily blinded by light and I steady myself and I, I reach out to touch a bookshelf but find that I'm touching a tree. A tree? And then I hear laughing. Kaya, Kaya, hands on fire. Don't be ridiculous, we're underwater. I haven't spoken. It's the voice of a young girl. As my eyes become accustomed to the different light, I can see two figures playing in a clearing, a boy and a girl. At first glance, they look as normal as any other children, until I notice that they've got webbed hands and webbed feet. Not to mention that their skin is glistening in blue and green. Catch me if you can! The boy ran, or rather swam, at such a speed across the clearing that I hardly have time to blink. I watch as the girl follows, laughing, swimming, if you like, two feet above the ground with seemingly no effort. I look around at the clearing more closely. It had seemed normal enough at first, but now I realise that the trees are nothing like those I've seen before. They're blue for a start, and... They bear the resemblance of large fronded seaweed with delicate trailing branches that seem to catch the current of the water. Is it water? I'm not sure. It kind of looks like a a watery effect. I can see what looks like water currents. A bit like the breeze on the trees at home swirling around these seaweed trees, toying with the branches. And I can see tiny lights floating within these currents. 
it's not like being underwater in a swimming pool or when you go for a swim. It's kind of different. And I can certainly breathe. On the floor of the clearing, well, it's not grass, but rather a green moss-like plant covered with tiny pink shells. It's very strange. And to make it even more strange, I can now see a dolphin swimming towards me from between the trees. I can feel its sonic pulse through my body. I can feel it saying hello and instinctively I move forward until I'm inches away from it. The dolphin stands still and looking at me deeply. I hear my name being said in my mind. Kaya. You know me, I ask. Of course, you began your journey here. You mean the girl I saw? That was you, yes. And then the vision fades and my awareness shifts and I'm back in the room in the Akashic Library and the old man of store is staring at me intently. I hold his gaze for a moment and then... Glancing down at the book, I close it gently and pass it back to him. He nods and takes it from me. The book, it just spoke to you, didn't it? It reminded you of what you needed to know. I nod. Atlantia, I say. I'm an Atlantean. The old man of stool nods and pauses and then says, well, Atlanteans can appear human. He pauses again as though choosing his words carefully. Sometimes they can choose to stay human for an entire lifetime. And when they do, yes, I prompt. Well, when they do, they choose to forget their origins. For having that memory... And craving that connection, but not being able to access it, can potentially tear them apart and destroy them. So how come I remember now? I ask. You've evolved through incarnations and you've awoken to the wholeness of who you are. So it's time, he replies as if it's simple and obvious. Don't tell me, I say with a sigh. My mind will open up to the realisation if I don't force it and all the answers are within me. Of course, he replies. He returns the book to the shelf where it is instantly replaced by another one. And the old man picks it up from the shelf. It appears that you may have a question about dragons, he says, looking at the cover of the book and showing me the title. The book's called Dragon Dialogue. I smile. Well, I guess I was. I guess I was thinking, why am I the one to help the dragons? I mean, why me? The old man of store looks at me. Well, dragons speak to you, don't they? The words echo through me, more like a statement than a question. I hear many voices, I reply. But the great dragon... You heard the great dragon calling when you came through the portal to come here, didn't you? 
my mind goes back to the voice that I heard as I travelled through the portal. And it reminds me of times in my life when I've heard similar voices, deep voices, like the resonance of the earth itself. If I'm honest, I guess I've already known that they belong to dragons. And if I'm even more honest, I've seen them too. But as I was growing up, I was, well, frightened. And let's face it, there's not many people that you can actually tell that you see dragons. I remember as a child seeing a dragon near to the field by my house. Every morning I would go and feed the chickens and in the evening when I went to close their coop, the dragon would be there. It never showed itself fully. I realise now that it probably hadn't wanted to scare me, but I'd still been frightened nevertheless. I used to say, I know you're there and I don't want to see you. (laughs) That had become my mantra and I used to say it over and over again in my head. And sometimes when it was foggy, I said it out loud because instinctively I kind of knew that that was when I would be more likely to see it. And often I'd caught sight of a huge golden eye staring at me through the mist, watching and waiting. And then when I was in my 20s, I encountered the dragon full on. It had been night time and I'd walked into the French windowed room and there it was, an enormous golden eye staring in at me from a silver scale scaled head. And I had stared back. See me now had said. Well, let's face it, it had been hard not to. The eye itself was as big as the window, not to mention that the window was on the first floor. The dragon was enormous. No more denial after that. And if I'm honest, I have seen dragons regularly, especially in sacred places or remote and wild places. And I know that they've been calling to me. But I guess I pushed it to one part of my brain and not hadn't spoken about it let alone understand it at at least not until now the pennies dropped i think the old man of store says looking at me intently you're the right person for the task kaya in the story of your past there are always clues to your destiny you just have to believe in yourself remember Whatever you recollect from the Akashic Library, it serves only to aid you in the fulfilment of your purpose and destiny. Whatever you have seen or sensed, it's both the beginning and the end. The path will unfold. The crystal in my pocket begins to feel hot and holding it in my hands, I'm a bit concerned. I'm almost expecting my hands to be scolded, but it's funny, the crystal actually feels cold and I pull it out of my pocket. Strangely enough, the crystal isn't purple anymore. It's taken on the colour of the book cover and now seemingly seems to be made of a swirling blue energy. One moment, the energy looks like a river and the next, an aqua blue sky with pale clouds floating across it, just like the cover of the book. I hold the crystal in my hands and the blue light travels up my arm and into my shoulders to the centre of my chest and my heart. 
and from here it spreads through my whole body, filling me with blue light, until I look like I'm the same blue swirling energy. And then the energy starts to shine out around me, surrounding me in an orb of light like a star. Reach out with your mind, says the old man of store. I breathe deeply and slowly and open my mind to the noises and the voices that I can now hear. It's as though my awareness is opening and expanding. I can hear ants walking on the grass outside. I can hear all the voices of the people in Alfheim. I can read all their thoughts, all their feelings. And then I become aware of other dimensions and other beings and their words and thoughts and feelings. And the noise begins to hurt. And I feel as though my ears are going to implode with the intensity and the pressure. I stare at the old man of store. Reach out with your mind. Focus, he says. I close my eyes and focus on the dragon. And call out to the dragon in my mind. And I feel a great weight shift. And then I feel it moving as though in pain. And then a deep sense of ease as I connect to the great dragon's mind. I am here. I can wait. I open my eyes and staggering I gasp for a breath. The old man of store looks at me. Well, I've said it once and I'll say it again. There's no question that you're the right person for the task. The dimensions merge within all beings, but you're an open book. Excuse the pun, he says, waving his hands at the library shelves. I smile and take my leave. Bye for now, the old man of store says. Be seeing you sooner than you think. I leave the library and find Metamorphos standing by store rock. He touches his forehead in farewell and looks at me for a moment and gives me a bear hug. Bye then, and if I can be of any help, just come and ask. Either way, I'll continue to keep my eye on you. The Matrix Lord aside, the Cube Collective are a nasty piece of work. And just how are you going to do that, I ask. Keep an eye on me, that is. That's easy, grins Metamorphos. With the old man of store's help. Akashic records show you what you need to see and know and remember. I laugh and whistle for my two dogs return through the portal. As it closes behind me, I turn and face the store rock. It now glints in the sun as it momentarily breaks free from the clouds that have drawn close in over the mountain. I gaze at the rock and instinctively give it a wave as it begins to snow. Snow? Freakish weather! I turn as two fellow hikers are walking up the path towards the rock. Great day for it, I say. The couple smile. And I watch them making their way towards the store, wondering what their experience would be and how it would potentially be different if they truly opened up to who they were. (laughs) I walk back to the van and sit in the driver's seat, digesting everything that's happened. Never mind going through a portal. 
My mind feels like it's been stretched and squeezed. I decide not to call in at May's. I think I'll go another day. What I need is a hot bath and the space to take everything in. I start the engine and head back towards the house. Later that evening, I've washed all the seaweed that I collected and intend to eat and bagged it up and put it in the fridge. I'm not sure if I ever really will eat it all, but I kind of like to think that I will. The sea kelp I've collected, however, I've placed in a bath and I'm now soaking in it up to my neck. Hot seaweedy water. And I can't help but smile. What a sight I must look like. Perhaps this is what it's like to be an Atlantean. And I wrap the long seaweed kelp around my hands and fingers. The thing is, it's all very well having the realisation that that was where you originated from. But it doesn't exactly help you with knowing how to get back. Yet, I've got to get back if if I'm going to collect the crystal shard. Hmm. Well... Maybe having a seaweedy bath will help. I sink into the water and let my head be surrounded by the seaweed and hold my breath for as long as I can. But not for long, well at least not enough to be thinking that I can breathe underwater and I shoot my head back up out of the bath and gasp for breath. Well, if the old man of store and the others in Alfheim are right, the answers are in me somewhere. I just thought that having a seaweedy bath would help. But as it turns out, well, it didn't. Thank you for listening. And so that you don't miss an episode of Kaya's journey from Dimensions, The Awakening, then please follow the podcast K. Arwin Dimensions, the book series. And for more information on the author, check out kayamia.co.uk. Until next time, I leave you with some Atlantean light language. Mm-hmm.